Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas so you can grow beyond difficult transitions and evolve from those challenging moments that may have influenced your past but will not define your future. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve as we teach you the exact skills needed to attract and keep a lasting, emotionally healthy and conscious relationship. Now, please welcome your host, Certified Life Dating and Relationship Coach trauma professional and best-selling author Rihanna Milne. Hello, love angels and transformers. Welcome to the third show of Lessons in Life and Love, coming to you every Monday night from 6 to 7 p.m. on boldbravemedia.com. I am your love coach, Rihanna Milne, also known as a life and love transformation expert. And are you ready to transform the quality of your life and your love relationships? That's what I'm here for. I am helping you to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. So at any time, please give me a call during this hour at 8 6-6-4-5-1-14-51 with your questions, comments, or concerns, because I do touch on some heavy topics and they could be involving you. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you in any way possible. Tonight, we're going to talk about if you are in an emotionally abusive relationship, we're going to go over what the power and control wheel is and give you some tips to jump off that wheel and finally have the love that you desire and deserve. There's so much to talk about tonight, but if Anytime you get concerned and you want to meet with me, I want to make sure that you know I'm available to you after the show. Just hit me up on my website. It's RihannaMilne.com and apply right on the pop-up form for a free life and love transformation discovery session. I'll give you up to one hour of time. It's worth $500 to you and I want to see how I can help you best. Again, that's RihannaMilne.com at any time. So let's get started with what is emotional abuse and are you in a toxic relationship? Some most people don't think they are. Sometimes it's so blatantly obvious, but a lot of people hear this list and they're, oh my gosh, I am. Let's get into what is emotional abuse. And it's usually an attempt to get power and control over another person. And it can be just as damaging as physical abuse. And a lot of people think physical abuse is the worst. It can be equally toxic and traumatic to you. Many don't realize they're in the abusive toxic relationship until they hear this list. So get yourself a paper and pen. I'm going to go over 16 examples of what emotional abuse looks like. Keep in mind a toxic person is anyone that tries to control you, causes you regular emotional upset, has a lack of personal power, and their own self-esteem is hurting. So they try to make you feel small and unimportant, or they just make you feel emotionally sick, like walking on eggshells. So here's a list, and I want you to make two columns. Either this has happened to you, you experience this, or you are doing this to another. And I want you to be really honest, because if you reach out to talk to me in your Life and Love Transformation session, I need to know what these things are happening so I can help you best. Number one, name calling. Things are said like you're ugly. Oh my God, you're so stupid. Why aren't you thinking? What's the matter with you? So any type of name calling, of course, cursing at you is definitely emotional abuse or yelling and cursing. And that's number two. So name calling is number one. Have you done it or have you experienced it? And number two is frequent yelling or cursing. 
Number three, threatening you or trying to intimidate you. Like if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. It could be in texting, verbally, in writing, in an email, any type of threatening or intimidation. That is definite emotional abuse. Number four, criticizing you or correcting you, controlling you, trying to tell you how to do something a certain way, being overbearing in correcting you all the time. You're your own person. Nobody should be telling you as an adult what you can and cannot do. Not your partner, nobody. So criticizing or correcting. Number five, lying or cheating. Cheating in a relationship is ongoing. Once a cheater, always a cheater. I firmly believe that. It is a lack of integrity. Integrity means doing the right things when nobody's watching. And I always say they're going to get caught eventually because God's watching. But someone that doesn't live in integrity, that is a character flaw. If it happens once, it tends to happen repetitively. Someone who's a liar, that is a form because of their own childhood trauma, which we talked about heavily in show one and two. If you haven't heard those shows, do go back to listen to them. There's 10 childhood traumas. And lying comes from being feared of being beat or verbally abused from an adult parent. So someone learns to lie as a habit to get out of the punishment. As an adult, they're lying constantly. And this is a form of abuse towards you because you're trying to trust your partner or your spouse. And if they're constantly lying to you, they are not not respecting you or they don't have enough self-esteem to tell you the truth. They're afraid they're going to be punished by you somehow or you're going to leave them if you know the truth. And probably if you did know the truth, you would want to leave the relationship. This is a form of abusing you. Six, making accusations that you know are not true. Now, we call this false negative assumptions. And when you always jump to conclusions or they're accusing you of something that you absolutely know is not true and they're trying to convince you they know it's true, you're doing this and you're doing that. And it's like, uh, no, I'm not. That constant badgering is abuse. Definitely. You want to keep an eye on that. And it's very often the one that's doing the accusing is the one that's doing the cheating. I've seen that numerous times as a therapist with couples. Number seven, putting responsibility for their problems on you. Because they're not keeping up their end of the deal, they're punishing you, they're yelling at you, they're being negative. It's just very uncomfortable. They're not keeping up their end as a mature partner in a relationship. So that's number seven. Number eight, making fun of you in some way, whether it's making fun of you, your family member, your religion, your race, the way you dress, the way you look, putting you down, not making you feel good enough, saying you're gaining weight, what's the matter with you? Anything like that is definitely abuse. Number nine, embarrassing you or humiliating you in some way, whether it's by yourself or in front of others, especially humiliating you in front of other people or your children. This is really harming your children as well. And if you have a partner doing that, you've got to ask why you're still with them. You've got to let me help you get out of that situation. You can't live like that. That's causing toxic harm constantly and emotional trauma to you. And it's a relationship that you have to get beyond. Number 10, withholding affection or approval as punishment. This could be someone who stonewalls you and that means doesn't talk to you for several hours, several days. They ignore you. They make you feel like you're walking on eggshells around them. There's no affection. 
no communication, just definitely not being a civil human being to you. And they're punishing you. This is a passive aggressive way of acting. It's definitely abusive and toxic. Number 11, being overly controlling, telling the other person what to say or do. Again, you're an adult. You don't need somebody pushing you around and telling you what to do. If they are controlling, a couple things happened. Childhood trauma is they had no sense of control as a child or as an adult. They totally lack personal control. They're not succeeding. So they would try and tell you what to do. This is a very good example of a successful woman with a less than successful man in her life who's trying to control her and tell her what to do because he is not succeeding. I have seen this numerous times. Number 12, insisting on making all the decisions, disregarding your feelings, your opinions, feeling, let's say it's a man, woman, again, he's only right. It has to be his way, not your way. Your way is wrong. This is very immature behavior coming from severe childhood trauma. Number 13, making another person feel guilty if they don't get their way. If they are controlling you and they don't get your way, they constantly use it against you, make you feel guilty, put you down, humiliate you. Number 14, keeping the other person for them, family or friends. The abuser will definitely try to separate you from your friends. They will complain if you're trying to go see your family. They will try to disrupt your phone calls. They are trying to isolate you so they have total control. And the last one, insisting that another person account to you for all your time. Where are you going? What time will you be home? If you're not home in what they feel is reasonable, they're yelling or screaming at you. Where did you go? Where did you stop off? Very often this behavior comes from who is cheating on you behind your back. We call this psychology 101. Anyone that's accusing you of doing the wrong things, they are normally doing it themselves. When you are someone that lives in high integrity, meaning doing the right things, when nobody's looking and you've got your partner doing these things of emotional abuse, you know you're in a toxic relationship and you can see if all these are going on, how this can be equally as traumatic as a physical abusive relationship. So usually one just does not occur. Many, many of these things usually occur if you're in a toxic relationship. So ask yourself, are you experiencing emotional abuse or are you abusive to others? Do you believe that you're living now in a toxic relationship? And do you want to talk about it? If you have concerns, definitely reach out to me now. Don't hesitate. You can say you're another person from another town. I want you to be safe too. So it's just the question that will help so many others. And our phone number is 866-451-1451. It is my mission to help the way the world loves. So if I can help you through a difficult situation, I would really like to help you in this hour to make you feel a little bit better and start empowering you. Got to ask yourself, what are you going to do about it? There's definitely safe rules that you have to have. You just can't keep confronting a partner like this. They're usually very dangerous. They usually have a very high level of anger and hostility. They could cause you a lot of trauma when you're the innocent party. So there is a safe plan that I usually work out with all my couples. The first thing is you never confront somebody like this when you're alone. You have to have a friend there. You have to have your phone in your hand. You have to make sure that if 
if you have the house keys, that, that they don't have the keys, that they can let themselves back in. You need to have the 24-hour locksmith. <laughs> if you're kicking someone out of your home, that they can change their locks. There's a lot of safeguards that we have to put in place. If you're starting to feel scared, you would have a suitcase packed. If you feel you need to leave your home at, and have it at a friend's house, you have to have safe money that if you need a couple nights at a hotel, that you can do that just till things settle down. There's a lot of safeguards to put in place when you are dealing with someone emotionally toxic. The sad thing is people go into a marriage thinking, well, once we get married, he'll settle down or she'll be better. She won't be as angry. She'll see I married him and that I'm loyal and everything will be going fine, thinking that the marriage is going to heal the problem. I guarantee you, usually once the marriage happens, the situation in this type of person gets three times worse. It does not get better. The important thing is you got to protect yourself and your children. I remember having a coaching client that called me and I was very worried for her safety and we worked out a safe rule for her and I said, believe me, what he's doing is just the tip of the iceberg. There is more. Don't confront him. Start looking. Get more ammunition. And she said, Brianna, you are absolutely right. She found out he was cheating. He's in porn sites. He was addicted to porn their affairs she found out about drugs drug deals I mean the mountain of stuff she uncovered was unbelievable so she had an entire safe plan in place and she said I saved her life because she was very worried for her and her six-year-old son that's why if you're having trouble you've got to reach out for help and don't suffer in silence too many people are in emotionally abusive relationships and it's time to get out of that there's other forms of abuse too there's that verbal the physical abuse abuse against parents abuse against your children if your children are being abused you've got to make a move I've worked in homeless shelters and abuse shelters where women escaped with their children there is a shelter in every town that offers free counseling for Palm Beach County it's AVDA A-V-D-A Palm Beach County of Florida but every county has a women and children's shelter get that phone number they have free legal advice go visit them get your safe plan ready don't suffer in silence. I would love to take your phone calls. Abraham, my engineer, is standing by. Disguise your name in your hometown and let me know what your questions are. Call in at 866-451-1451. I want to go over what is called the power and control wheel. There's two, four, six, eight categories here. This is what is typical of the emotional abusive relationship. It's the shape of a wheel and in the center is this power and control and it's like a pie. The pie number one is using intimidation. I'm going to use the example and believe me, emotional abuse goes both ways. Men can be emotionally abusive and women can be emotionally abusive. But for the ease of this show, I'm just going to be a man abusing a woman. Okay, so using intimidation, making her feel afraid by using looks, actions, gestures, smashing or throwing things, destroying your property, damaging your clothes, abusing pets, or displaying any weapons to you, threatening you with a knife, knowing that they have a gun. This is especially really important that you get out of this situation as safely as possible. That's number one. Number two, using emotional abuse. And third example here on this wheel is putting you down, making you feel bad about yourself, calling you names, making you think you're crazy, playing mind games, humiliating you, making you feel guilty about things. That's their description 
description of emotional abuse and all those were in my 15 items of emotional abuse as well. The next one, using isolation, controlling what you say, who you see and talk to, what you read, where you go and how long you're going for, limiting your outside involvement in activities, sports, group classes, anywhere would you where you could go where there'd be other people or especially other men, using jealousy to justify their actions, very often out in public, look women up and down to make you jealous. You might just be looking around a room, they're gonna accuse you of looking at other men when you obviously were not and they won't give that up. They're just gonna keep throwing that at you to pick a fight and any way they try to isolate you from having friends or being around other people where you could get some help. Also, isolation, they could be taking your phone away from you, making sure you barely have any money so that you can't go out and do things. Number four, minimalizing and denying and blaming. That would be making light of the abuse and not taking your concerns about it seriously, saying the abuse never happened, shifting responsibility for abusive behavior, saying you caused the problem. So they're always blaming you. They will never take responsibility. That is signs of the sociopath, signs of the narcissist. They'll say, oh, I was only kidding. What, can't you take a joke? When you do try and talk to them in a calm manner, they will always deny it. They'll say that I didn't do that. You're crazy. That didn't happen. They try to shift the responsibility for abuse towards you. The next one is using the children against you. They make you feel guilty about the kids in some way. They use the kids to relay messages to you and staying instead of being a mature adult. And then this is a way that the children are being abused because they should not be in the middle. Using visitation time to harass you. In other words, dropping the kids off late when you have an important event. So you're late for the kids or you and the kids are late for an event that was important to them. Threatening to take the children away from you, telling lies about you. Believe me, I have been through this. It's horrendous. And if you are someone that had a partner that uses the kids against you, this is how I handled it. I said, girls, you two are very bright and very smart. You will see the truth. You will see I am solid. I am working hard for you to give you a beautiful home, to do the best I can do by you, to take you on nice vacations or good events or just spending quality time with you. And you have to be the solid, calm parent, even when the other parent is totally off the wall, swept up in anger, accusations. I've even had ex-girlfriends of the ex-partner of mine come to me and apologize saying they were hard on me because they believed my ex and said, oh my God, you know, I kept watching you and you were totally calm and responsible and good to the girls. And I kept seeing over and over that what he was accusing was not true, but he was so good at convincing this woman what was wrong with me. And she said, I never saw it. And I have to apologize. I was mean to you. And I said, it's okay. I've been through that. He's very toxic and very abusive. Next one is using male privilege, treating her like a servant, making all the big decisions, acting like a master of the castle, being the one to define men and women's roles, taking privilege in general, like I'm the man, I'm going to do what I want to do, not being a full partner in the domestic chores and responsibilities, making all the big financial decisions or just going out, for example, and buying
buying an expensive TV because he wants it when the mortgage isn't being paid and didn't include you on the decisions of the TV or buying a car. Just see what I bought and acting all happy about it. It's like, well, we don't have the money. Like, why would you buy something like this? Why didn't you talk to me about it? That's what I'm talking about. Like he said, well, it's my decision. I want the TV. It's the Super Bowl, you know, something like that. He's the one that feels he is always in charge and your voice does not count in making these big decisions. Next one, using economic abuse, preventing her from getting or keeping a job, making you ask for money from him, sabotaging your job, making you late when you have to be on time for a client, preventing you from being responsible, leaving the house so you can be at the job on time. This often happens to a woman who is in a higher position financially than the guy and he feels intimidated and you know you're successful and he's not or he keeps screwing up at his job so he's trying to make you lose yours taking your money going into your purse without looking you know you had so much money it's missing if you ask him about it he's all insulted like why you think I would take your money that kind of thing you have to be very careful about how your money is coming into the household because it's often gone not letting you know about or have access to his family income the income that was agreed upon that would be used for the family or claiming I don't have any money you you spend it you make more money than me I don't have any money and it's like well why don't you have money very often the men who are abusive that don't have money when they should where is it where's it going to well it could be going to drugs alcohol porn, a girlfriend. Why don't they have money that they are supposedly earning? This is all things that we have to dive deeper into. And the next one and the last one is using coercion and threats, making or carrying out threats to do something to hurt her, threatening to leave you, to commit suicide so you feel guilty if you left to report you to the welfare agencies or try and take your kids away, making you drop charges if he did do something, which was domestic violence, and you filed a claim. He's now using threats if you don't drop the claim, making you do illegal things. Talking about dropping charges, I did file abuse charges against one of my ex-partners. I showed up in court. They did not rule in my favor, even though I had four to five solid pieces of evidence. And I walk out of the courtroom and he again threatens me as I'm walking down the hallway and I said you heard the judge he said no more of this I was very calm and luckily there was a court advocate dressed in plain clothes and she came up to me she goes file again I will show up at your next court hearing and insist that the judge put a PFA protection from abuse order against you thank God she was there I filed again she was not personally in court but she did call in told the judge what she heard him say I did get the PFA and the abuse stopped the court often is not in the favor of the victim and this is very sad in our world today very often we are accused of being guilty before we even get our time to speak in court they are often not really hearing out about why would a woman waste her time and energy who is being abused to go to court all day sit 
there, wait for her turn. Why would she do that if this was not occurring? Very important you get the advocates on your side. Like I said, seek out help in your community at the local shelters for women and children. Get the free legal advice that they offer for you. Stand up for yourself. Do have family or friends or the legal advocate help you, but get as much gathered evidence as you can, even if you record it on your phone. Texas, take pictures of it. It will hold up in court, so you can be threatened by text. So take pictures of it, okay? You can have a court case and win. I have stood up for myself, unfortunately, many times as my own attorney. It's called being your pro se attorney against people who have threatened and intimidated me or tried to. You can win. But the important thing is that you get empowered, you get the law on your side, and you do it cautiously and safely. We are going to go next into PTSD symptoms if you have been in suffering with some of this. Before the show went on, I got an email from some of my promotions. So you can email me at any time, guys, at lessonsinlifeandloveshow at gmail.com throughout the week, and I will bring your question on the show. This came in today. I was in an abusive relationship with a true narcissist for 11 years. Finally decided to get out of that horrible situation a year ago. I'm still struggling from the years of verbal, emotional, and sometimes physical abuse. I've developed several health problems as a result of the stress it caused me over the years, so I'm looking forward to listening to your show. I live in North Carolina. And I'll just call her Caroline, sweet Caroline. Caroline, thank you for reaching out to me. That's step one, 11 years. I don't know how you did it. And yes, this is what happens when you are in a traumatic relationship over many years. And it's also what happens to our kids where they're in a home with trauma. And this is what we call childhood trauma. It will affect you in your health. A study show from the Kaiser Permanente Group, after studying over 17,000 people who experienced childhood trauma, that these were the people getting sick in their mid-40s or earlier, even in their 30s, with chronic irritable bowel syndromes, chronic fatigue, diabetes, heart disease. They're dying early. There's a direct correlation of having too much trauma in your life over a long period of time. Even if you had a good childhood and here, like Caroline, in a relationship that's toxic for 11 years, this will definitely bring on a serious health issue, guys. Get out as soon as you possibly can. If you're thinking about it and teetering on the edge, I do suggest you get help. Don't do it alone. Like I said, go to your local legal services, but also get a life coach to help you, one that is specializing in trauma. I am a certified clinical trauma professional, and I do offer you a free life and love training transformation discovery session. It's a $500 value and all you have to do to get it is just apply for it at my website, my name, rianamilne.com, R-I-A-N-A-M-I-L-N-E.com and just fill out the pop-up form and tell me your story and let me know how I can help you. Let's go into some trauma symptoms of PTSD because someone like Caroline is suffering from this, I am sure. She did sign up for a session, so I'm going to dig deep into see what her childhood trauma is because I got to tell you it is definitely correlated people that grow up with trauma choose traumatic partners and they're so used to it it's 
quote, their normal. Because they experienced it as children, they get involved and then they just stick with it because it's what their unconscious knows. We break the unconscious behavioral patterns and get you healthy first for yourself. And then I teach you how to attract emotionally healthy, conscious love. The PTS symptoms that you could be experiencing, Caroline, would be intrusive, like re-experiencing the trauma. So like flashbacks, nightmares, definite emotional triggers. If you hear a certain tone of voice or a certain look in your husband's eyes, you might be afraid that he's going to hit you or be angry with you all night or give you that passive aggressive, angry, quiet punishment situation. Hyperarousal is problems falling asleep or staying asleep. Be quick to anger yourself and be irritable. Very often, if the husband's picking on the wife, then the wife will pick on the kids because your anger goes somewhere. Difficult concentrating or completing tasks, you're in such hyper arousal that your cortisol level is up. And believe me, if your kids are in a toxic situation, we're going to talk about that in the next segment. If their cortisol is up, their memory is down. This is why they struggle in school. You're going to have a fast startle response. You're going to be hyper vigilant. You're going to be prone to panic attacks, chest pain, shortness of breath. You know, I had chest pain in my 20s. I thought I was having heart attacks because of the husband I was married to. I had to go to the heart doctor and they said, if you can't get a control on this, you're going to have to be on a heart medicine. And I'd be with my kids and we're having a really good day. And then I'd have, I just call them my heart pains and I'd have to sit down and breathe deep. Oh my gosh, this is scary. Like, am I going to have a heart attack? I'm in my 20s. I have two little girls. And it was all due to the ongoing stress that I was having and I eventually had to leave that marriage when my girls were four and five years old because of the pains I was constantly having due to the stress of that marriage. The avoidance of stimuli and numbing response. So you could feel disassociation like you could just check out emotionally, just go numb yourself. Substance abuse use, you might be drinking just to escape the fear and the panic of being with this man. Feeling detached from others like you're too embarrassed to go out you're not sure if he's going to act up. You're afraid to tell your friends because you feel embarrassed. The one thing you got to do is get your coach and be totally honest with your coach and let them empower you. It could restrict your range of emotions and numb you out, numb your emotions. You could be making efforts to avoid the thoughts, the feelings, the conversations, the people or the places that remind you of this trauma that's going on. And you're going to start losing interest in your activities that you enjoy. You know, you just kind of start checking out yourself. And when I finally get get to work with these. I have no joy in my life. I'm just numb. I just go through the daily the day with just no emotion. It's flat. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And they have no joy. Caroline, you must be at that point. And I'm so glad you reached out to me. And if there's others listening, please don't wait. Please get your free session with me at rihannamilne.com. Fill out the pop-up form. Tell me your story. I'll meet with you for free for the hour. And we will start you on your road for recovery and empowerment to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Because, guys, life is too short. And believe me, if you have children involved with this, it's really, really scary because you are affecting them for the rest of their life. And we're going to go into that in the last segment. With PTSD symptoms, everyone that has experienced childhood or relationship trauma has ongoing anxiety. There's six signs of anxiety. Here they are feeling nervous, anxious, or on edge most of the time, several days, not being able to sleep or control your worrying, 
Three, worrying too much about different things, but they're constantly nagging at you. And this is what gives you upset stomach or heart pains, headaches, migraines, making you exhausted. Four, you have trouble relaxing and feeling stressed, overstressed. You have panic going on most of the time, several days in a row. You become easily annoyed. You're agitated, short-tempered, irritable, moody. You don't want to be. You're normally not before this relationship, but since the relationship, because you're picked on. This is the response you get. And last, you feel afraid. You're you're afraid something awful is going to happen most days or nearly every day. So if you have symptoms like these, these six symptoms nearly every day, then you have severe PTSD in a toxic, emotionally abusive relationship and you need to get help for you and your kids. Then there we look at depression screening. Most people in these relationships are depressed most of the time or have on and off depression. There are 10 signs of depression. So here are the 10. You have little interest or pleasure in doing things. Now, again, these things are nearly every day or more than half the days. Little interest or pleasure in things. You feel down, depressed, or hopeless. Number three, you have trouble sleeping, falling asleep, or staying asleep, or the opposite. You sleep too much, and even when you get up, you still feel exhausted. You feel tired. This is number four. Feel tired or have little energy almost every day. Number five, poor appetite or the opposite, overeating to handle the stress and you just are stuffing in the food because it's the only type of pleasure you feel you're getting. I also want to add there, you're drinking too much, you're taking drugs, anything to escape. There are 10 habits of escape which lead to addiction. Drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, spending, eating, hoarding, gambling, gaming, or TV watching. Those are 10 signs, if you're doing any of those to excess, signs of depression. Number six, feeling bad about yourself. You feel like a failure. You feel like you let yourself and your family, your kids down because you have no sense of control over all this. Number seven, you have trouble concentrating on things such reading a book or watching TV. You're just like just checking out because you can't focus in. Your cortisol is too high. You're always stressed. Your body is in constant fight or flight response. We call that trauma response. And this is what I help my clients get totally rid of. Number eight, moving or speaking slowly that other people have noticed you're just numbing out. Or the opposite, you're so fidgety or restless that you've been moving around a lot more than usual. Number nine, thoughts that you'd be better off dead, you're feeling suicidal, you want to hurt yourself, and if you're having thoughts like that, it's very important you call 911 or go to your local emergency room, reach out for help immediately at a local therapist who can help you on an ongoing basis, somebody local going to your legal advocate for women or your shelter for abused women or children. They are out there in every county in the U.S., and I'm sure they are around the world. And number 10, if you checked off any of those problems, how difficult have these problems made it for you at work or at home or with other people? Most of the time, this does affect you 
at work because you can't concentrate. So your work is going to suffer. Then your income suffers. Then your children suffers. This is the big spiral, the circle of toxic abuse. And you don't want to hang in there. This doesn't usually get better. You have to make some drastic moves. Counseling, I got to tell you, as a therapist, all counselors know when you're walking in the door, one of the person's already halfway out the door. They don't want to be in the relationship. You are going to have to empower yourself and do something. If you're seeing PTSD symptoms that I covered, signs of anxiety, signs of depression, these are all very serious signs of being in a toxic relationship. So if you have questions for me, call me at 866 866- Four five one one four five one, and I will answer your question. I do have another question from Mary from Houston that came in by email. She said, things are good most of the time, 85%, but then we will fight about the littlest things. I can hold my calm for a while, but then my husband gets really angry and lashes out at me. Is this emotionally abusive if it's only around a certain issue, like money or the kids? Yes, Mary, thank you, number one, for you know writing in and telling me your concerns. Even though things are good 85% of the times, this 15% is keeping you on a toxic edge. That's the edge we call walking on eggshells. Because if there's a money issue with the kids, and kids, there's going to be issues all the time. You guys are going to have to be able to discuss this. Then if you're not agreeing with his style, and he is using anger and yelling to intimidate you. Yes, many of the things that I went over in the emotional abuse checklist is applying to you. So please reach out to me. Get that free life and love transformation discovery session at rihannamilne.com. And I want to remind you, I have a couple of books too that are going to help you with these topics. The one is Live Beyond Your Dreams, From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. It's all about the mindset for success in life and getting strong to help you through difficult transitions. And the other book is a number one bestseller on Amazon. It is called Love Beyond Your Dreams. Break free of toxic relationships to have the love you deserve. And you can get free chapter downloads for both of my books on my website, right on the homepage, rihannamilne.com. I do go into these factors of what is a toxic relationship, how to break free from them, identifying the 19 personality types that will break your heart, which we will go into in a future episode. There's so much content I can share with you, and I will get it out to you as fast as I can every Monday night. But this segment, I want to go into how childhood trauma and toxic relationships in parents affects the children. Coaching for the parents or you, the one parent, is really imperative because the behaviors from trauma definitely goes through the generation. It's proven. So if you have come through trauma as a child, we already know that at least one of your parents had trauma when they were raised. And usually the grandparents also had trauma. So now we're looking at your children. Parents of younger children and teens who are acting out need to get help either as a couple first to change their parental and household dynamics for the kids. You definitely have to get coaching for you. If your partner is a 
a difficult one in your household now, causing the issues, then you need to reach out to someone like me. Now, I have worked in the schools for many years from every grade level, from kindergarten all the way through college. I was a SAC counselor, S-A-C, which stands for a student assistant counselor who worked in very cultural, diverse schools, and I worked with the kids of trauma. So these were the kids often misidentified as ADHD, oppositional defiance. Some kids who had Asperger's, they were just shut down. They wouldn't talk, but they're coming from abusive homes. When I worked with a trauma, they come into school after being bullied or their moms are out on the street using drugs and they're home alone or they have no food to eat and they come in angry and they pick on kids who are less them, quote unquote, than they. They see themselves more empowered than these children that they'll pick on. They all come from traumatic homes. When I worked with them, I was doing meditation in the schools before it was even talked about to lessen the trauma response in the brain and the body. We would talk about things that would empower these kids. I put them all on behavioral charts, methods that I learned from the Doman method of education and positive parenting. So I will work with my parents as their coach to help their kids overcome their acting out behaviors at home. But trust me, it is all due to their home environment. Some things to watch for in your teens, if they're yelling back, if they're defying the rules, experimenting with drugs and alcohol, attaching very early to a boyfriend or they're doing habitual lying because they're afraid they're going to get beat by one of you Uh, self-mutilation with cutting and you don't always see the cutting they often do it under their skirt or their shorts and the area of the body that's often covered by clothes having eating disorders or they may be suicidal now I worked in Atlanta care in Atlanta County New Jersey which was a hospital group for adolescents and kids so I saw kids from age is five to 19 there. And I had the toughest kids, the suicidal kids, the cutting kids, the acting out, the defiant, the very angry, angry kids. And trust me, they were all coming from traumatic homes. I have to teach the parents in these homes what to do so we can help the kids. It's funny, I'd have parents drop off a kid, you know, at a therapy office, send them into the waiting room with a check in their hand and they wouldn't come in. I said, tell your parent next time. And I called them. I will not see your child until I see you. And I'd say to the adult, you tell me what's going on in the household because a kid doesn't become angry by themselves. They are angry because what is going on in the household. And none of this should be taken lightly. If your teen is acting out, you need to get them help immediately and not for them. Starting with you as their mom or their dad, who is the healthier partner in the household, you need to reach out and get a coach that works with trauma and we will help you first. And once you start changing, your kids will change. And I do this for every one of my coaching clients. But get them to help sooner than later. I also work with teenagers by Skype. They like it that method. They're used to being on computer. So I can empower them. And I also help teens that go off college and they can't handle being away from home. They're too anxious. Um, They're afraid to make friends. They're not socially confident. So I help these college kids make the transition by being their life coach through the computer. And they were not taught the life skills to succeed out there in the world. I would be really glad and honored to help you, but it's really important 
important that you do get help for your kids and just don't think they're going to outgrow it or it will go away. No, then they're going to live forever with toxic trauma and open themselves to these health issues and diseases as well. Some signs of abuse that could be going on in your kids and if you're teachers, you should be looking out for. That includes frequent bruises, school absences because the kids are afraid to go to school. I know if a kid's not coming to school and they're being bullied at home or bullied in the school so they don't want to come into school. They're afraid of school. Inadequate personal hygiene, fear of certain people and places, and they're regressing in their age and in their schoolwork. There is a free 800 number to call if you're suspecting a child to be abused. It's 800-96-ABUSE. That is the hotline. Again, it's 800-96-ABUSE to report if you suspect a child being abused. Now, we used to teach stranger danger. Be careful. You know, strangers are going to hurt you. Here's the facts, guys, based on research that 90 percent of abuse cases that child is suffering at the hands from someone they know and are supposed to trust so that's a parent a grandparent or someone they know so you have to look for situations or behaviors that make kids feel unsafe and always tell a grown-up buddy in these situations so it's good for the child to have a grown-up buddy that could be a trusted grandma or grandpa maybe the teacher you know I was that person that the kids told in the school that they were being hurt. The bullying coach there, I had the anti-bullying programs that went so well in my school in South Jersey, it was televised. It was called Stand Up for Friendship. And then I was teaching all over the state of Jersey in the teacher workshops, how to bring this program into their schools. Because our school, when I went in there, was like a war zone. And within three months, Stand Up for Friendship and the talent club that I put into place eliminated all the problems in the schools. You have to have a trusted, safe place for the kids. SAC counselor, most schools don't hire them for budget reasons, but they need to be able to go to someone they can trust. They call it the trust triangle. Please help your children. There's too many kids suffering and teens suffering today. And if you see this, take it seriously. Please reach out to me for that free discovery session at rihannamilne.com because I can help you heal, transform, and grow beyond your childhood trauma and relationship toxic emotional abusive issues. Please take a moment and leave a comment, questions about what you want to learn in any upcoming episodes of Lessons in Life and Love with me, Coach Rihanna Milne, and I look forward to your comments. You can send me your questions at Lessons in Life and Love at gmail.com and reach out to me at rihannamilne.com. Okay, love transformers, be sure to join me next week, Monday night at 6 p.m. on Bold Brave Media, Global Network, and TuneIn Radio. And as always, I am here to help you have the love you desire and life that you deserve. We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Your personal journey of life and love transformation has only just begun. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a free life and love transformation discovery session with Rihanna, a $500 value. Just contact Rihanna with your questions and to tell her your story at RihannaMilne.com. 
And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.